You want a life where you can fully embrace yourself. You want to live life on purpose and on your terms. You want to tap deeper into your soul as you grow into your purpose work and you no longer want to hide in the shadows. Hey, I'm Danielle Amy and I am obsessed with helping humans human. I am on a mission to normalize that we are here to feel, heal, experience, connect, and grow. I have transformed many darker sides of this journey into the most incredible life I could imagine. My ducks aren't always in a row. In fact, I think I lost one. But yet, I have created a beautiful family, comfortable lifestyle, and a freedom-based business along the way. All while learning to love and accept myself as a soul that's on a human experience. Through my intuitive teachings, real talks, and guest interviews, I can help you as we help the world to love ourselves just a little bit more. Hello and welcome everyone to today's show. I think we have a really fascinating topic that we're going to be getting into and we also have a wonderful guest with us and we have Nicole Leno that is going to be sharing her story but also giving her take on something that I know a lot of you that have been pursuing business or have been in the industry for a while hearing that good old no like and trust factor that a lot of people force on you and tell you that you must have and she's going to be sharing today with you why that could be a problem for you. So for one, welcome. <laughs> it's really great having you on the show. And to get things started, I would really like to hear when and why um, did you transition from corporate to basically get to, to where you are and doing what you do today? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. Hello, everybody. I am, I'm excited to be here. So I got into corporate kind of by accident. <laughs> um, I'm smart. I love analytics. I love organization. I love, I, I'm, I'm a type A person sort of by nature where I have a lot of energy. I should say that I have a lot of energy. I always say that I'm a type A hippie, um, that I, I bridge those two worlds because, because I, I, I have a lot of energy. I love to do, I'm ambitious. I'm driven. So I got, I, I, but I was an actor growing up. I, w I was an actor growing up. I acted and then like actors do, we run out of money. And I grew up in New York. I was acting in New York and I attempt because rather than waiting tables, which I had done and did not enjoy anymore, really the hours <laughs> more than anything else. I was like, I really don't want to do that while I'm trying to get acting gigs. I'd rather work in an office in that environment, use my skills, use, use the, use the skills that I have. Like I'm a great administrator. I'm a great team player. Like, why can't I do that instead? So I did, I attempt. And then I got offered a full-time job because the company that hired me, big wall street bank, loved me, loved the work that I was doing. And that turned into, you know, extending my contract that turned into a full-time gig. Um, fast forward six years later, I climbed the corporate ladder. I'm doing wonderfully there, but I have, the, the shine on that had really worn away for a while. It was using my gifts. And I think that that's, that's what we do. We get excited when we're able to, when we're able to shine someplace. And, and I did have ability there. I did work really well there. And for a while it felt great. I was being rewarded for it. It was, it felt like, oh, maybe this is right for me. But then I became creatively stifled because it was definitely, an, it's a very filtered environment. I really felt like at one point I took improv classes again because I felt like I had completely lost all of my, my, my natural instincts. I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> that was really how it felt. And I, I'm in this, I have this like on paper, this perfect life. I'm making all this money. I have like the, the fancy shoes, the fancy outfits. I'm on like in this fancy building and I feel 
alone, I feel I went into a clinical depression and I was, and not, not in a woe is me way. Like I, I hit that. I got help when they told me what I had, I was offered drugs and I was like, no, I think I need to feel this. I think this is exactly, I'm supposed to know what this is. I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to numb it so that I can continue doing what I'm doing. No, I think my body and my soul is trying to, it's knocking really loud and telling me, it's time for you to move. It's time for you to do something else. So I think I need to be present for this moment. And I was, and I left. And when I left, I did not know what I was going to do. My husband luckily was like, yeah, let, let's let's do something else. And I was like, I want to move to LA and I want to go back to being an actor because it's the only thing I know. And he was like, sure, God bless him. And we went. And when I was there, I was just exploring myself. And I think naturally with who I am, being a type A hippie, being creative, being this sort of free spirit at heart, but also being rooted in drive and ambition and and having this energy to work and to love the work that I do, which now that I do human design, I know exactly why. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm meant to love what I do. Entrepreneurship was just this natural place for me to explore and experiment and do all of these things and use all of my gifts, not some of them. Everywhere I was, when I was acting, when I went back to acting after being on Wall Street, I was like, don't tell anyone you were on Wall Street. You're not going to fit in. And then when I was on Wall Street, I was like, don't tell anyone you're an actor because you're not going to fit in. They're going to think you're a big flake. And and I, I was always denying myself. I was in the practice of denying myself the whole time, no matter where I was. Entrepreneurship, where I was like, no, I have to be all of me or it's not going to work. I can't deny me or that is exactly the thing that's holding me back. So I do believe it's just been this beautiful lesson. So that all happened. I left I left my career on Wall Street in 2012. And then I started my software company in 2015, I think. And I that morphed into my coaching business. So through that, I started kind of working with people who use my software. I started coaching them for free, just sort of by talking to them and being a coach without being hired started charging for it, started to get clients. And I've been doing that ever since. Wow. What an amazing journey and story. Um, I think it's so cool. I always call it like our self evolution of where we, where we first start. And I think a lot of people get really hung up on that. Like you, you're supposed to choose something and stick with it for the rest of your freaking life. And then like time goes by and you realize most of the time you're making decisions off of sometimes of a person that you don't even realize who you are because you don't even have the clarity on even who that is, you know, as that, that evolves. Cause like I had a, not a at all similar background, but as far as similarity of, of the, the passion that pulls you back to like, for me was I was an artist and a designer and like, I constantly went back to it. Then I went into the corporate world because I got my degree in business and like, it was like this push and pull, but I got like, I felt like every time I was in something so rigid, so structured, so formulated and to where it's like you had to hide a side of yourself. Otherwise you just don't work. And it doesn't necessarily mean shame. It's just like logic or I don't even know what you would define that as. But whenever I was in those environments, it was like for a while it worked and I could still excel at something, but it like didn't really matter about what everybody else was saying about me or any accolades I got, how much I was making or how much I was being promoted. I always kind of felt empty at the end of the day, you know, after a duration of time, because I'm very, you know, multifaceted, multi-passionate, and then spiritually gifted and all these things. And it's like, until we harness that power of ourselves, a lot of stuff just doesn't work. And 
I think it's a good tie-in to asking about like, was there a time in your life as you were starting to transition into business, um, regardless of which aspect of your business, um, that you were ever pulled, did like, did something happen or that, that caused your personal opinion of no like, and trust being wrong? Or was it something that you experienced through clients? Like, how did you develop that? Or how do you, how did you develop the, the perception that the philosophy of no like, and trust is a hindrance opposed to like helpful? Well, I think it happened sometime after I, you know, I was using it because that's what you're told and you get started in something and I'm a good student where in the beginning I, I take in information, I'm, I'm coachable, I'm listening, I'm doing the things. And the thing that held me up the most was this no like and trust. And I am a, I, I'm, I'm a people pleaser <laughs> at nature and I, it, um, by nature and most of my clients had people pleasing as a big hindrance for them. And that was what I was seeing where it was like, okay, you're slipping. I would say that there's four P's that keep you stuck. It's people pleasing, procrastination, perfectionism, and playing small. That if you are stuck, one of those four or usually a cocktail of some combination of those is at work where we can point them out and we could say, well, do you see how you're people pleasing here? Do you see how by not charging what you're worth because you're afraid that people will be upset with you, that that is a form of people pleasing. It is you putting other people's needs before your own and that, that there's so many ways that this, this creeps into your world with women in particular and with that, to hear no like and trust, I started to get really angry <laughs> to hear everybody saying it. Because first of all, when you've been in this business for a while, you hear just everybody hops on a bad bandwagon. They're regurgitating the same things. So you were saying you got to build that no like and trust. And I wanted to say, well, F off. Like you don't even believe that. I don't even think you know what you're talking about. I think that you heard that a million times. It feels like something that feels true to you, but I, it actually feels like it's it's causing more harm because people hear one thing. I have to get people to like me. And they're focused on the like. And that is a hot button trigger for a lot of people because we've been trying to be liked our whole lives. And it was for me. And I was so sick of trying to be liked that we forget that it's really about being known. If people know you, they will trust you. Now, it doesn't mean that they will trust you in a good way. They will trust that they know who you are. And that's your job is to get through that because the right ones then who trust you, your people will like you automatically. You don't have to try for it. You don't have to work for it. It doesn't have to be in the know, like, and trust. It doesn't have to be in the formula where it allows you to slip into automatically going into like an old program of trying to be liked. If you're focusing on getting people to know you, really know you, not with, when you put the like in there, it's like, okay, well, how can I get them to know me so they like me? It's not that. How can I get them to know me so deeply that they trust that every word out of my mouth is the truth as I know it to be? I don't particularly care for, and not to get into politics, I don't particularly care for Donald Trump. I trust that I know who he is though. <laughs> like I know him. I don't like him. I'm not his people. They're his people. They like him very much. And they trust that they know who he is. 
So when people say that, they're like, I don't trust everybody that I know. And it's like, no, but it, the, you're, see the, the correlation that I'm drawing. It's when people know you and they know your truth, that you are transparent and you are authentic with them then you will get that trust and the right people will like you automatically. They will hop right on board with you. They will be like, I don't know what it is. I, I like her. That will happen naturally. So I, that, that's, that was really, it was more dissecting it and looking at it. And it's like, like is a byproduct of the know and the trust. Yeah, very much so. I love your, your take on it. One, that was like so incredibly, at least for me on an emotional level, like deep, because I think Cause I'm, so I haven't been, I mean, I have, obviously, I think we all have tendencies of people pleasing, but on that the everyday basis, I wasn't a people pleaser. So I, I, it's a really amazing perspective for me to have is because there are so many humans that are people pleasers. And so what the, what was making me feel though, inside of, of, of thinking of others that have struggled or still struggle with this is, is that whole and, and sometimes it's almost an aspect of desperation to want me, like me, hey, see me. But where it was really pulling me to that I didn't even know where we're going to like really go today is I feel like what is your your take on this is who talking to the because it's a woman. It's a woman we're talking to right now. And she doesn't know who she is. So she doesn't know how to show up. And and it's not about just being liked. It's just like how does she know what if I don't know I, I almost feel it more emotionally than verbally like it's it's like in the heart center and it's so te- like gut-wrenching it's sad it's like that that self-insecurity of as I am I'm not enough who I am I'm not enough you know how shall I be seen ever how shall I ever be heard I don't know where this is coming from this is a new <laughs> you're channeling um, right now I'm with it. you um <laughs> So like, I feel like I almost want to just say, can you feel me on that? And can we talk on that yeah. feeling? Like, let's talk to that woman. Like, what would you tell her? Because if she is so worried about being liked, but really she probably doesn't like herself. Like, how do we go there? Well, I mean, you're, I, I have like tingles right now. So I'm so into this conversation. I'm excited that we're having it. Thank you for taking it here. Um, first of all, th- this is kind of what I do. This has become my mission. Because I think that I denied myself for a long time. I didn't think I was worthy of being seen. So much so that we end up compartmentalizing ourselves where we don't show ourselves who we truly are. We don't recognize our own gifts, that it's hard for us, that we are in the practice of denying what makes us wonderful, that we, it's, it's almost like personality dysmorphia. What other people see, we don't, that, that they see these wonderful things about us and we we won't, we, we're not comfortable receiving that praise. We're not comfortable receiving that because somewhere along the line, we locked it away. Somewhere along the line, we were told that it wasn't safe to be that much of ourselves. Um, someone made us feel bad for being that way. I mean, there's a million reasons that you can end up in this space. And I work with a lot of women who are introverted, who are um, successful in their own right, but taking that next step of empowerment is, is a big one for them. You know, they, you hide behind like, well, I'm a mom, I'm this, I'm that. These other identities that so much so that you distract yourself from who you really are at your core. Th- this is what drew me so much to human design. And I know this isn't a human design podcast, but like where we're talking about this, but what I love about it 
No, so human design, what I love about it is it gives you this. And if you've ever seen a human design chart, there's all these colors and shapes and lines and all of these things on it. And to me, the colors show you the space that you're meant to take up in the world. There's something I gave, I gave three readings in the last two days and, and two people, two of them cried during their reading. And not that I look to make people cry, but it's, it's, them saying, I, I feel like I'm being seen. I feel like you're telling me what I've always known. I feel like you're confirming everything I've been denying. And there's something that is so I, such a privilege for me to be able to, to do that and to reflect back to somebody what they know that maybe they have been denying. But you are meant to take up space in this world. And I don't care who you are right now. I, I'm talking to you. No matter what you think you are or you are not, you are meant to take up specific space in this world, not like anybody else. So the journey and why I think know, know and trust is more important than know, like, and trust is when you know yourself and you are able to stand in that power of saying, I, I am this and I am proud of this and I'm going to put this out here and those people trust you. When you are in that space, you are taking up the space you are meant to take in this world. You have a job. You have a job to do. And then when, when we look at the chart where it's colored in, that's what you're meant to put out in the world. That's the job you're meant to do. So these are the things, what are, what are the gifts you're denying? You have power in these places that's available to you all the time. This is what you're meant to do. Where it's white in the chart, you're meant to take in and reflect back. You're meant to feel it and and, and experience it and then share it in a different way. And by knowing that, that that's your gift. That's what we want you to, that's the space you're meant to take up. That's how you're meant to hold space for people. And by understanding that, that that's such, if you haven't figured out what your space is, then that you can't start the business. You can't be running the business. You're probably going to run into a lot of trouble or you're going to be you're going to end up with shiny object syndrome turned by everybody's strategy and everybody's testimonials and you're going to spend a lot of money on coaches and people who can't really help you because you're not ready for that type of help. You're it's the operate you are the operating system. I say that all the time. You're the operating system. So if you're running iOS 4 on your on your phone and then you go to update your new apps with the cool new app with the video leaps and things and to make cool reels where it like matches you with music and you're like I don't know why this isn't working it keeps crashing and my videos look like they're, they're not coming out and it's it, my phone keeps turning off yeah well you need to upgrade the operating system you are not equipped to run that app yet so that is the that's the work that's the journey yeah I absolutely love the analogy. I am an analogy freak. So like, I love, I love analogies. And that is a phenomenal analogy. It is. It's the operating system of self. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. Like a lot of people here, like you can't be the same person you are today to be that, you know, the next version of yourself tomorrow. And that's it. Your operating system is incompatible. Like it's not, it's not that it's wrong. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it never served a purpose. It's just not compatible with all these next new, you know, ventures, these bigger, bolder, more extraordinary things, which you definitely can, def can take place in. It's just recalibrating the system, you know, upgrading the system. Um, and, and so I really, I like your take. So I'm not like, I'm, 
I'm interested in it. I've never like studied it fully. Um, and I, I've always been, I think where for me personally with human design, however, have a different, uh, viewpoint of it now, but when it first started coming to my world, I guess like three years ago, maybe four years ago, I had a client. And the reason why I was turned off by it is because so many of my clients at the time were trying to find a certification or trying to find a thing that when they found that thing, they would sell that thing. And then all of a sudden, like the, the, you know, the skies would rain money and life is going to be amazing. They're going to love themselves. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work either. You might get some cool information though. And so that was the first time somebody had a client. She's like, well, can I run your stuff? And I'm like, I guess. Um, so <laughs> I still didn't know anything about it. So I had all this information just like in a folder in Dropbox. So it was like three years later, another client's like, Hey, I'm doing a human design. I'm like, why? Like, what is your intention behind it? What is your intention behind it? And again, I could feel it energetically. You're trying to find a thing because you don't really know what to do. So you're grabbing hold of something, blah, blah, blah. So through heart information, I learned like I was a generator. I think I'm like a four, six, whatever that means. Like sacrals, my defined. And so what she gave me though, since I wasn't so like stuck and I was really pretty self-aware, which is unusual for most people, (laughs) like to the depth of my self-awareness of my limits and blocks and all these jazz, but I found because of what she gave me, I saw the the sincerity behind it of what this brings the person that feels like they're standing at the end of the road and they have no idea where to begin. And that's what you, the way that you said it really hit home for me that I think could hit home for so many other people is there are these little color blocks on it. And I think even without all that information of knowing what goes where, what gate does what, who thing, it's like just seeing that color can bring you a little bit more life, you know, and realizing the potential that's hidden within you and the design that you carry and that nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. It's just that sometimes we don't know who we are. And if we don't know what we're working with, we don't know what operating system we're dealing with here. Like, how on earth is the rest of the stuff going to work out? It's not that you're broken. It's just like, Maybe the label was put on wrong and this whole time you don't realize you got like a Windows, you don't know nothing about tech and you got a PC going on trying to install Mac software. You know, like it's not going to happen, right? So I don't know. I think it's a really beautiful analogy to simplify the overcomplication of who we are because I think we're really simple, but yet extraordinary complex beings, if that makes sense. Um, So... I normally, I I don't know. I feel like I want to, I I really, I don't know. The whole aspect of human design is really starting to come in. And I think it's a missing piece for a lot of people, but I want to talk about how it's a missing piece to understand self, but not necessarily a solution to bring you the glory. Um, Because that's the kicker I have with like people going for clearings and healings and ancestral trauma and all these things. It's just insight and it's information. It's what you do with the information and the insight. You know, it's the same thing. You get the diet plan, you get the trainer, you still have to kind of have to have some follow through. So what is your advice to those that may have already kind of figured out what human design that they are or, or whatever, like where do they go to apply it to actually begin to become functional to them instead of like another easy button that they're trying to press instead of living life as a human. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is use it. Don't just dive in, digest information, keep consuming, keep consuming, because that can be a pattern that you are just now 
the pattern you've been going through forever where you distract yourself with information and you don't actually put it into into practice. I, like I said, I'm a type A hippie. Um, so I looked at this, what drew me to human design was m- my own kind of awakening through it where I just, where I started to use it and I started to see real results. And I'm always looking at how can I get the most out of my clients? How can I help them get? And for me, it's about getting to the truth of who they are, getting to, you know, how can you not only know yourself, but feel comfortable enough to put it out there? Maybe you're, maybe there are other avenues for you that you're better suited for. Maybe it isn't Instagram. Maybe it's, maybe you do belong, even though there's people, influencers telling you like, you don't need to do sales calls. You don't, I don't do this. I don't do that. And it sounds very sexy to people. I don't do calls. I don't do this. I charge $40,000 a month for private coaching. I'm part of the cool girls club and I'm not knocking it. I just, I think it makes a lot of people feel like they have to do it that way. And it's like, no, if you feel better doing one-to-one with and talking to people and building relationships. And then we look at your chart and see that you actually are built that way. I just did a masterclass. I called it permission to be exceptional because it's, it's gives you permission to do, to quiet the noise. Cause it's noisy. It's noisy out there. Everybody's telling you that their way is the best way. And what I use it for is to help you figure out what your way is. When you know your way, when you know how to check in with yourself, because to me, I think the most powerful thing about human design, it's your strategy and your authority. It's understanding what those strategies and authority are. There are nuances within that as well. So I do recommend if you if you feel like you're called to that, to that um, modality, that you're called to human design, Find somebody who will work with you. Don't just go through information because you'll you'll lose a lot of the the nuances in there. And you do need somebody who is kind of immersed in it, who understands the the slight changes and can look at your chart and see how you're different than every other manifesting generator. You're all you're very different, completely different, in fact, most likely than the other ones that you know. You have one thing in common. So everybody with green eyes does not look the same. So, so think about it that way, but I look at it. What I think is the most powerful thing is your strategy and authority gives you a decision-making mechanism, helps you filter the world through how you make decisions. So you can come to the best decision for you and you stop looking for the answers outside of yourself that, you know, when you're presented with things. So if you're a manifesting generator or a generator, that, that strategy of responding it's, it's telling you that if you don't feel like working in the moment, it's not about you sitting down and just doing it, that there's actually a practical way. I call my framework practical manifesting because I, I believe in the energy stuff, but I believe it should be practical, that, that there are ways for you to create responses in your world. You're going to be best probably in a conversation like this. If you're a generator, podcasting, things like that. You might find, I'll get off this call and I'll probably sit and write content because I'm excited right now. I'm sort of lit up by this conversation and I will be like, okay, I'm going to use this energy I have right now because that's your job as a generator, Manny Gen or, or regular Gen. Your job is to turn your gut on where it's just like, ooh, let's do this right now. And when you do that, you become magnetic because you're just, you're, you're so into it. People can't help but be pulled into it. If you're a projector waiting for an invitation doesn't mean that you sit on your bed and you wait for someone to ring your doorbell or to send you an email. No, it means you are a lighthouse. You are meant to see yourself fully, 
see your power fully, which is the toughest thing for a projector to do. And you are meant to step out there, be who you are and allow invitations to come to you, that you allow yourself to be seen fully. And when you are, so your work is being seen. Your work is being so comfortable in your power, leaning into your strengths, feeling filled up by that, being so full out in the world that people can't ignore you. That Steve Martin line where he says, be so good that you can't, they can't ignore you. That's like a projector thing for me. Like it's like, be so good, they can't ignore you. But this is where, this is where the faith comes in. Then you've got to, you can't go chasing people after that because your energy is, is going to feel uncomfortable for them when you're doing that. Where it pulls them in is when you show up and you're just like, here I am and you're beaming and you are the lighthouse and they are drawn to you like moths to the light. And then manifestors, like you have to be talking about your big ideas. You have to be seeing things. You have to be comfortable with the forward motion that you see and speaking about that in a way that that you draw people in where they just start following you, not even realizing that they're doing it. But you have to be comfortable in this energy. You have to be that person. Reflectors, you've got to be talking about what you see in the world, what you see that's wrong, what you see that is not sitting right with you. And how is that not sitting right? Because that's your wisdom that nobody else can see quite like you do because you pull in everybody else's energy. You are our mirrors for the collective. So speak to the collective. And you're, you're probably a very great coach because the way that people are around you, you can see things that they can't. You can, you can see into them. Owning that, this is how you start to start playing with that energy. Don't get caught up all in your gates and stuff. It's interesting information to know. There are things to highlight. You get your chart read and someone can tell you like, these are the things that I see. These are the strengths that I see. So start contemplating that. Start stepping into that. Start playing. What would it mean if I were to be more of that? What would it mean if I got really comfortable with the fact that um, that this I, I have this energy to in storytelling, that I have this natural energy in that? Am I using that? How could I use that? Do I feel the call to do it? And am I, am I holding back from it? That's where the information is interesting. And you can start to, it's an experiment, the human design experiment. So it's meant to be played with. It's meant to be flirted with and not seen as a yes or no, right or wrong. It's, it's an exploration tool. But what it does is it allows us to say, um, for me, I like it as a coach because I can look at your chart and I can see where you're most likely conditioned. So if I see patterns showing up, and I look at it, I'm like, this is this gate. I see where this is coming in. And it tells me what questions to ask. It tells me what to dig into. It tells me where you're hiding the, the places that you kind of, you, you're not living in alignment with where you want to go. It allows me to have that scalpel and perform surgery rather than be like, let's just break this thing and see if we can put it back together. <laughs> or let's dance around asking questions that are general for several months before we get to something. It's a very specific tool. So there's so many ways that you can use it, but you really want to start. You want to start with that strategy and authority. You want step it, to step into your, your energy, your auric energy, which is that type. And how can I play with that? How can I be more of that? 
we all want to move on to the like sexier stuff. Like, oh, tell me what the gates and the channels are. And it's like, mm, start with that strategy and authority. Start understanding your centers and where that strength lies and ask yourself every day, am I doing it? <laughs> am, I, am I in alignment with it? Am I using this tool? Yeah, I think this is this is really great because there's I've never really I think you've delivered me to where I have somebody to send people to in a way of and just even in this episode, I've had so many people along the way where when I realize like they don't know who they are, like they literally don't know who they are. But then the question is, is like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I don't even know where to start. And I think sometimes our mind, you know, if we're always relying on that thing, it can lead us astray because it's attached to the visual elements, the auditory elements, et cetera, you know, whether it's trauma or literally just influence from influencers of, of, as we talked about a little while ago about the inundation of the, the screaming down your throat of how you need to be and how it needs to go and how this, and it's like that sometimes it's just their own story. It doesn't mean it's yours and it doesn't mean it's your way. So I think this is a fantastic starting point without having, like, it's like having an injury, you know, a sprained ankle. Well, instead of being so stubborn and trying to continuously walk on the thing and re-injuring yourself, you go get yourself a pair of crutches or a wheelchair or just sit the hell down for a while, right? To like recuperate. So it's like, instead of pushing the force, which is, so, oh, it's an, extremely has been frustrating for me on the other end because it's like, that's that barrier of me of like, I can't make them do anything. I can't make them change. I can't make them see. Only one can see self. And I think this is a good way that somebody can meet themselves in the middle to where it's not another person telling them about what's wrong or what's stopping or what's extraordinary even. Cause even that sometimes is really hard for people to receive when you have that piece of paper that sometimes could be intimidating <laughs> with all these little blocks of the little human thing, but taking that one small step to understand how you are designed, how you're uniquely extraordinarily designed. And as you said earlier, which I thought was a great also analogy of Every, just because you're a generator or just because you're a manifesting generator doesn't mean every little person you meet's the same way as you because then it's again attaching to somebody else's story and somebody else's way of doing things but it is a way in for you to understand your story of what you want but also form the hypothesis of your life and that is like a continuous effort because we're not here for the, the destination it's the exploration of the journey of self and I think if we give ourselves that permission to be to become and in that it's like a constant state of motion, not because something's wrong, but because we desire more and that that more is okay and that who we are is going to change, you know, like, because the same thing for me, I've had moments for sure where I feel like, especially when I've overcome something that's been very limiting in my life, because um, I came from like suicidal depression and all this stuff. So when I really started to like myself, much less love myself, I was like, woo, like, yeah, let me tell this to everybody. And there was a portion of my mind that thought that because I felt that feeling, I was never going to feel sadness like I once did before or that I was never going to. I actually had a thought in my mind that said I was never going to feel depression ever again. I did. I had postpartum depression with my second child like really bad and I denied it because I thought I was a done deal. I thought it was finished. So then I really, I went through the whole aspect of feeling shame and all these other things again. And it's like, that's, I guess what I'm getting at with I'm going on a tangent guys is that's that state of evolution. That's that constant state of forming the hypothesis is because this time around when I was in depression or that time around when I was in depression, it wasn't the same as it was in the past. I didn't carry this. I had more information now. I had more tools now. I had more awareness now. But also through that occurrence, 
then delivered me into other directions, which then also influenced my teachings and an evolution inside of my business as the evolution of self occurred too. And I think when you give yourself permission to evolve, instead of giving yourself the force to like be concrete and stationary and stagnant, that's when you literally do like stagnate out and I think lose that fulfillment. And I think that's why a lot of us, prob- not all, because maybe some people thrive in that because I don't know, I'm not a human design expert, but like I didn't do well in the corporate because I felt that they did cause me in that environment. I was so stationary and so still and so modeled and so trying to blend because you can't be too, you know, too much um, that I don't know. It, it, it depletes you, you know, when you're not in your power and, and, or allowing that power to sometimes dim out so that you can find a new way to light it or upgrade your system, you know? A hundred percent. And, and it doesn't mean to like some people, it's not so much that they're built for corporate, but they're, they're, they, they want the security they want. You know, they're not built for entrepreneurship and that's fine. Um, what I, and I work with people who are in corporate too, who, uh, who, or who aren't entrepreneurs as well, that, you know, what we're teaching them though, is how to find the fulfillment outside, how to, for a lot of women, how to feel so powerful that you don't back down from asking for that raise, how you know if that's right for you, if that's really in alignment, or if that's you saying, that's how I'll feel worthy is they'll give me more money, which is a big trap in corporate. And then you get more money and you don't feel more worthy. And then you're like, well, now I need the promotion and now I need this. And they keep giving you things or they're not giving you things. And you're making that the story when really it's you're unhappy and you're unfulfilled. And our work doesn't have to fulfill us. I mean, if you're a generator, it probably does to a certain degree, or you need to have something to channel that energy into. But are you doing the right things with your personal time? Are you are you lighting yourself up in the way that you're designed to be lit up in the time that you do have, where work just becomes something you do? <laughs> And then you have all of this, you have this whole life happening outside. Um, fulfillment can come in, in many forms, but it starts with you. It starts with you understanding that you, what you love, what turns you on, which is why, you know, generator, manifesting generator, how we're all different. We're different because we, you know, you're a generator, I'm a Manny Gen. What I respond to and what lights me up is different than what, res- what you respond to and what lights you up. So it's the mechanism that's the same, our response mechanism of saying like, ooh, let's do that. What we're saying that to is going to be different. Some things will be the same. Some things will be different. Um, so it's recognizing how to start tuning into that. So because when you do that, it's the trail of breadcrumbs that the universe is leaving you, is that when you follow your joy, when you follow the things that are lighting you up, when you follow the truth, you're led to the thing that you've been asking for. And that's where it differs for everybody. What are you asking for? Mm-hmm. I love that question. I love that. I was going to ask you what was your final words, but I think that was like really fantastic final words. Of It is at the end of the day. It's no matter what you're looking for ever in life, it will all, and it is, it's eye rolling for some people. Like seriously, it's still me. Always. It's always you. It's always us. It's always self who we have to look at. Go stare at yourself in the mirror. You're looking for the problem. Go stare at it, you know, or, or what you feel is the problem. It's not, again, it like, 
it's not because it's wrong. Sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes we just don't realize. And sometimes we do realize. And I mean, I know I do. I'll catch myself in my patterns and I'm like, wow, you're being a stubborn, <laughs> very resistant, close-minded individual right now, Danielle. You know, and I'll be like, smack, smack. And sometimes I'm like, so what? This is what I'm going to do right now because this is where I'm sitting. I need to sit with this right now because I'm also a feeler of my feelings. Like I have to, I'm like the, we joke about uh, being like the emo dark, the darkness. And it's not because I think I need to sit in that, but I have to honor that. For me, I learned that about myself. Like I do really well with it because if not, that side of me feels really left out and like it wants to be spoken to. And it's like when I honor it because I'm really big on the polarity of life of both sides, no sides better than the other. I have to do that for me though. Like me, you might not work that way. Some people are a little bit more like sunshine and like, you know, like, woo. And I have those moments, but I also have like low moments and like the darkness that a lot of people walk away from. And so what I'm getting at here, you guys, is like when you really start to get to know yourself, you no longer shame yourself for the dark moments. You you're like, oh, hey, you're here today. Okay, let's talk, um, which is my mechanism of how I talk to the different emotions because we're like so multifaceted and we have all these different things. And I, I say like, bring the bring the home girls to the table. Let's talk about them. You got like psycho girl over there. You got overly emotional there. You got depressive Nancy over there. Hey guys, why y'all here? Who's missing out here? Who needs some love today? Um, and it's like when we just really recognize those things instead of seeing as something bad or something different because you're comparing yourself to like Jenny and Sue out there that every day it seems Seems like they show up and they're a 10, they're on top of the world, their personality's beaming and all these things. It's like the way that they handle life might be very different than you do. And it doesn't make it wrong, but it does, it does help. And I think that it goes back to the human design, goes back to self, goes back to whether you want happiness, love, finances, money, a business, the best job in the world, find yourself first. And I think the rest of the stuff's going to come like it, it not think it comes from self. It's the direct reflection, you know, the radiance that emits from us energetically, emotionally, as well as to have the ability to become strategic in those endeavors, because it's the belief system of either what we deem we cannot have and or shall bring shall bring in to our, ourselves, you know, so. Anyway, if you have any final thoughts on top of your final thoughts, you can share them now um, because it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the show. I feel like we could go on for like three days of conversation in this because it's like, this is some some cool ass shit. I like it. Um, and I think this it's really was awesome. I was actually just going to say in the vein of what you what you said, I don't know. Do you know that quote, that poem by Rumi, The Guest House? Everything that you just explained with the with the emotions, I just thought that this might be kind of a poignant, like, I don't know. Rumi's words are going to be better than any words that we came up with some really good words, but, but we're, we're not going to outdo Rumi. Nope. Um, that it, it's, it, it's this poem that goes, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. And it goes on, but that's, I like, you were saying that and I was like, oh, it's this, this being human is a guest house is all I could think of while you were saying that. I've never heard that one. That's beautiful though. It like maybe kind of have a little like. (laughs) I know I get emotional when I, but, but can you do that? Can you greet sad Sally and angry Alice and all of those, those, you know, what we see as, as unwelcome visitors. Can you, can you greet them like a friend that is there to, to, to help you in some way? It, it's serving you in some way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they matter because you matter. Mm-hmm. Like they do put them at the round. I call them, you put yourself in the center and you have a round table and they all sit around you and you, t- <laughs> you, talk to them. <laughs> you talk to them. Sometimes you have so many of them. There's another table outside of the table. Everybody's welcome. Even the quiet ones in the back. Um, but anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I will have Nicole's information. So if you guys want to go seek her out and find her and follow her, I think her stuff is phenomenal. I know I've learned a lot today. I'm sure you Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Daring to Be Human podcast. Until next time, keep on feeling those feelings and expanding further on your soul journey. If you want more, head over to daringtobehuman.com for show notes, links to any resources mentioned in today's episode. And if you are looking to take your human journey to the next level, be sure to check out my private members community. The links are waiting for you at daringtobehuman.com.